Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str. somehow ended up listening to the stuff that's real that you didn't know was real but also is cool podcast or sturdy dick were bayek or uh never mind Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning back into uh, this show. I know this is not your first experience of stuff that's real if it is welcome but you're uh you, you need to catch up you've got a, a few shows to to watch or listen to i should say um but if you are here for the first time you don't know who we are um i apologize in advance um but this is going to be a lot of fun my name is nick my buddy kevin over here hey hey kevin what are you hey doing? there you're pouring water, water into coffee. another thing oh yeah. coffee okay i'm pouring the that you were pouring water from one cup to another cup yeah no, I'm out of coffee now. Uh, yeah. So here's what here's something interesting that the listeners won't necessarily know is that in our world, in our time, we've now officially launched this podcast. So it's it's actually out there. By the time anyone hears this one, it'll have already been out for a while. But it's exciting news famous. to us. It is exciting. Yes, this is. Um, we're a few weeks into it now. It's 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 a good it's a good day, good day to be alive. It's a good time to be alive. It's a good time to be alive for you listeners as well. <laughs> far, far better than the alternative. Um, we're going to jump right into things today. Uh, we've got a heck of a show for you, and I know that because I know at least half of the things we're going to talk about. Um, I have landed upon uh, a topic of conversation that I think is probably the one... Um, I, I guess I was kind of holding off on talking about it because... You know, it just seems so obvious as a as a fiction writer like myself um, and like Kevin. I I just I felt like you know I can't talk about this the first time out the gates. Uh, so now that we're into this show a, a little bit, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna talk about it, Kevin. Okay. 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 I'm, are you ready? I, I'm I, I'm as prepared as I think I'm <laughs> capable of being. <laughs> well, guess what? We're gonna talk about something <clears throat> in a faraway land that exists on a plateau and this something is you might call pyramidal in shape and and size um is quite massive it's actually the biggest pyramidal shape that you would find in not just these parts but in any parts of the world uh yet and this pyramidal shape is called the great pyramid and the plateau is called Giza, and it is in Egypt, of course, as you most know, of I, us know. I thought you were—I thought you were throwing me a curveball. Nope. I thought no curveballs. There's no way he's talking about the pyramid <laughs> of Giza. <laughs> oh, there's a way. There is a way. 
And, uh, you know, I, it's one of these, the reason I, I, I set it all up like that, you listeners, is I, Kevin and I research this, this stuff all day, right? We just yeah. go back and forth with fun ideas, right? Fiction, uh, at least the, the genre that we're writing, this action adventure, what we call archaeological thrillers. Um, it's this, it's it's taking history and, and science and technology, the things we talk about on this show, and then filling in the gaps of our knowledge with fiction with things that that could be the, the what if scenario right so yeah we all know that the pyramids um were in, impressive uh impre- or built, sorry whoever built them uh, did an impressive job and some people like egyptians think that egyptians built them uh, and then there's a lot of people that think aliens built them you know and then where we come in uh a lot of times is what if it wasn't either of those things what if there was some very plausible uh answer to who built the pyramids um but it wasn't either aliens which is kind of an easy that's that's a that's a throwaway answer in the fiction world um and it wasn't the egyptians so we can get into all that stuff uh, basically just to want to give it a quick overview of this thing and, and why it's so fascinating for me um most people here know a little bit about it right it's it's a huge pyramid uh, but you've usually seen a picture with two other pyramids around it those are also um if i recall it's the great pyramid is the pyramid of kefir or khufu one of those uh, yeah it's and like the, Kef, uh Khufu is, is one version one, right? of the name, and the other, I think, is Kefir. Oh, I thought it was two different. I thought it was Kefir, Khufu. No, I and think then, you're right. Um, I think you're right. Is the third, is... the smaller one there. Yeah, it's Kulu. Um, it's, I think it's Kulu. Okay. Kefir okay. is the small one of the small ones, yeah. Yeah, so we've seen these these, these images. Now, there's actually some smaller ones even than that here in this plateau in this in the same scene, if you will, uh, all right next to each other. And, you know, over the the, the millennia, actually, you know, the millennia uh, centuries that these dynastic um, empires were building pyramids, um, you know, every pharaoh, every leader in that era, in that uh, time would typically build a pyramid for themselves for yep. when they died, because, you know, they were gods. And so they needed to have a godlike uh, structure. And so you can tell the, the, the pharaohs, they didn't have so much money. Uh, typically, they had the real small pyramids and the, the little lame dinky ones that were just a pile of rocks. But the really, really glorious ones, they, they got the big, awesome pyramids. Um, and if you can imagine, at the time they, they were built, um, they certainly didn't look the way they look now with sides that are kind of eroding in some some cases and, you know, sand is kind of built up around the sides of them or completely yep. covered them um, in some cases. But they were capped with uh, limestone, I believe, and it was just gleaming white, um, shining pyramids that you could see for miles, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you have this this culture that builds these amazing pyramids for their, their great leaders. Um, and according to Egyptologists from Egypt, I'll, I'll clarify that because we have Egyptolo- Egyptologists in America who are doing great work. Uh, but the Egyptologists in Egypt, according to them, that's it. That's all they ever were was just their tombs for pharaohs and that's it. And end of story, look elsewhere. Um, and so what's fascinating to me, and I know this is, is I'll bring Kevin here as well, because um, you're the same way. You know, we're, we're like frustrated that, yeah. We don't really know a lot of these answers about what they really were for, who really built them, how did they do right. it? Um, because no one in Egypt is letting anyone else study these things, right? Yeah, yeah. There's been heavy restrictions for a few decades now, um, more more than a few decades. I think most of a century now, uh, the Egyptian government has clamped down and won't allow outside archaeology. There is still study going on. There are still there are still archaeologists um, that are 
you know, looking at the pyramids, looking at, uh, but they're limited on what they can do. And there are things that we've wanted to do and technologies we've wanted to bring to bear that we're not allowed to use right now. So right. that is frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating. And it's, 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 you know, it's not just, hey, I want to get in there and I'm an archaeologist and I want to poke around and because uh, you can get inside this Great Pyramid. You can walk through it. Right. But yeah, um, one of the articles I'm going to link to is uh, it's it, it's pretty cool. It's um, scientists it always starts with science. Scientists uh, detect mystery void in Great Pyramid of Giza. Uh, so what they did is, you know, they're like, hey, well, you won't let us <clears throat> go study this thing up close. We're going to go about as far away as we can. We're going to go to space and we're going to shoot little particles through your Great Pyramid, Egypt. Neener, neener. And, and we're going to see what's inside ourselves. And so they actually found what they're calling a void, of course. Yes. And that's foreshadowing to what Kevin might talk about. Um, <clears throat> I'm just kidding. Put him on the spot there. But, uh, you know, no, I, got, this, I got stories. <laughs> this, this Great Pyramid. Um, you know, what we know right now is that you have the corridor that you walk in, uh, that goes up to the grand gallery. This is the stairs that are kind of in, used to be encased, I'm sure with something really pretty. Um, and that leads into the King's chamber. Um, and then down below that, uh, sort of hidden, if you will, is the queen's chamber, but there's even a tunnel below that, that just kind of ends. It's, it's essentially underground. So it's not even in the pyramid itself. It's in the substructure. And it goes down to a tunnel under the complex that ends in a wall that, that it just stops. Um, so we're finding out things like this, you know, for, for a long time in the 19th century or 20th century, I believe, um, it was discovered that there's these little uh, almost like vent shafts di- that go diagonally up from the queen's right. chamber and the king's chamber. You know, we didn't know what those were. And so we had a little robot dog thing that like crawled up there and took pictures and we looked at it for the first time and. You know, now we've got this other thing that they're calling the void that is off the king's chamber a bit, a little bit higher in the pyramid. Um, and I mean, who knows what else could be hidden in this thing and what yeah. it was all for, right? Yeah. And th- think about this for a, just a second that we're able to find the, that void from space. What does that mean for everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Forget privacy. Um, anyway, that that's is all. Cool, that's a, we, that's a whole podcast. other one. They yeah. use these things called muons, or I don't know how to pronounce it, but um, it, it essentially more. sends these particles through and they measure it over time because a lot of the stone here takes, uh, it kills 99% of these particles as they come in. So they have to kind of measure it for a while. Yeah. Um, and use a special type of film and all that. And uh, anyway, so it's, it's cool, um, but it's kind of sad to me that that's what it takes for right. us to get some real answers about there what's are- this thing. Some fairly legitimate reasons why there are restrictions on uh, on no, uh, archaeological nope. sites in, in Egypt. Uh, <laughs> and I wrote about some of this in, in a couple of my books, actually. But the uh, in part, like there was there have been certain like uprisings and things that have happened where uh, people went, you know, invaded and went and did things like destroy everything in the um, the. Uh, Egyptians, uh, the the big Egyptian museum, I, it's the name of it is has just melted right out of my brain. But um, went in and just destroyed every artifact they could find, every piece of history they could find. Um, so you know, they're they're very conscious about preserving this stuff. And totally, that's I, well, I think that's, it. that's just it, right? I would not say that the Egypt Egyptians, um, the Egyptologists, and the and you know Ministry of Antiquities there are trying to actively destroy this history. I think they are trying to preserve it. My, right. my, my uh, grief with them, uh, or I should say my beef with them 
is that it, it seems no one's able to ask any questions um, that that stray from the, the narrative of, well, these were built 2000 years ago and that's yeah. that. Yeah. We don't know how, and you can't study why. Um, and you know, you're not going to get closer than just walking through as a, as a tourist. Yeah, you know, I mean, just that. the just the the means by which tourists um, tour the Great Pyramid is is kind of justification for what um, the government's doing there because it's it's known as the robbers' tunnel, um, mm. and it was actually cut into the stone of the Great Pyramid to allow people to get in there on the hunt for gold basically you know they were they were um ransacking all these you know people don't realize that it wasn't really that long ago in our history in modern history when those pyramids were all buried under sand and uh even once they were excavated they weren't something that people you know necessarily even knew were there um so it's that's a relatively it's relatively new i mean relatively like within the past hundred or so years um which you know some of us uh, some of us lived through significant portions of that um half of us have lived through at least half of that (laughs) that's the shocking realization uh yeah so there's so much about by the way i have to correct the record i have to correct the record and i'm sorry i'm sorry that i have to do this but the great pyramid is not the largest pyramidal shape on the planet earth no that that honor goes to the Great pyramid of cholula uh which is in uh it's a hot sauce in, i think yeah it's in pueblo mexico is the it hot is, sauce factory? It, there is a hot sauce called cholula <laughs> there is and i love putting it on hamburgers uh but the but it's actually a, a bit larger than the great pyramid oh, it's a bit larger well i'll yeah. tell you one thing that the the great pyramid <laughs> has that most other pyramids do not is um an absolutely perfectly flat base to sit on so that you know the, this plateau is probably chosen yeah. as the site for these pyramids for these tombs um because if of how they flat are in it fact is naturally tombs. right yeah. yeah there's there's finger quotes being 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 made tombs. um you know but but i've read something somewhere <clears> that <throat> ar- architects now can't even get close to how precise uh yeah. and, and how precisely the level they made this this base for the pyramid um, right, it just it's not possible. With there is, there yeah. are a lot of hints of a science that we no longer possess um, in not just the pyramids in Giza, but in these giant stone structures worldwide. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just, just phenomenal things like, you know, in in uh, some of the Central American, uh, uh, Mesoamerican really um, structures. You know, there are stone structures with stones that are there's no um, there's nothing in between the stones there's no yeah, grout there's no or anything like that right? no yeah. uh but they are so tightly connected that you couldn't fit a piece of paper between them so that's pretty phenomenal um the interesting thing that gets called out a lot about the the great pyramids is their arrangement uh the three are aligned in such a way that there's this this is a controversial and has been disputed but Everything I've seen proves this out. Uh, they are arranged in such a way that they they can align with the stars in Orion's belt uh, yes. at certain times. Not necessarily certain times of the year, but certain times like within a millennia. So yeah. yep. there's different they think eras. that might be, yeah. yeah. And, they think it was they, basically dating itself that, that right. they, they said, hey, this was built at this, you know, star date, <laughs> if you will. And uh, um, and, and it, because that's when these things line up 
absolutely precisely. Um, those and even those those diagonal shafts I was talking about, I, I read something that you know people yeah. would look through those and you could see the that star, and so it's right. like, oh, well, this is a reference point. Yeah, the um, other and the, I was just going to say that that's one of the points of contention I have with the people not allowing us to really dig in and study some of this stuff. Yeah, um, that they just say, well, it was you know it was built what two thousand years ago, something like that, and that's it. And then well, we this know. Thing dates itself to like ten thousand years ago or more. We actually, the, I actually read this this morning as a fun fact. Um, Cleopatra, her life is closer to us in our modern era than it is to the creation of the pyramids. So everyone thinks of Egypt and they think of Cleopatra and they think of the, you know, the pyramids and the pharaohs as if they all happened at the same time. Right, right, right. But all that stuff took place over multiple millennia. Um, the the pyramids and the Sphinx have been dis- discovered, quote unquote, a, a handful of times throughout history. Um, right. They, in fact, the Sphinx they believe was a recarve of an existing uh, monument. That's going to uh, be another one for me, another yeah. episode, because I mean, I could go into the whole. We'll do that. Yeah, Hancock well, I, on the show, and we'll talk about the water uh, damage at the bottom of the Sphinx and how yeah. it very clearly was a lion or a dog, you know, shape or something, and then right? Carved the pharaoh's face was carved into the front of it. Yeah, it's you know, a lot. There's nope, a lot. nothing to see here. It was yeah. carved two thousand years ago to be a pharaoh. That's it. Boom. Done. Here, here, I'll throw in one away. one last uh, tidbit <laughs> fact about par- the pyramids, and then we can do whatever you want. Um, the if you were to take the dimensions of the base of, let's just take the Great Pyramid as as our example, since that's the one you brought up. Um, the the dimensions of the base, and in relation to the dimensions from the base to the the tip of the pyramid, um, those are that. If you calculate that, it's actually a geometric representation of a globe. Yeah. If I've you. Read that. And so the pyramids like themselves, they think, may represent models of planets. So, which specifically you know, crazy because since the Earth is flat, I mean, it's just insane that yeah. um, they were able to yeah. do that. It, they were, it, they were able it to implies, imagine a world that wasn't flat. Yeah, it implies a, an advanced knowledge or at least an advanced conceptual science. And uh, you know, people have pointed out that not only do these things align with Orion's belt, but they, in relation to the Nile River in the Nile River Valley they're in the right position for it to be Orion's belt in relation to the Milky way. Mm. So it, it implies a knowledge of this, the shape of the planet they were on and, and a knowledge of their relationship to other celestial bodies. So it's, it's pretty, I mean, all of this gets contested depending on who you read and who you listen to, but uh, it's all pretty fascinating. Well, I think the point is that you should all listen to us and, and read us um we yeah, won't so that's you wrong that's all i was gonna um mention here with the great pyramid there's so much we could dig into um i did do a ton of research um the very first book i ever wrote at the time it was called the golden crystal uh it's been rewritten and re- relaunched as the atlantis stone but i actually take the the pyramid kind of a side view of the great pyramid and all the structures inside and, and overlay it um on a, a the early map of the planning of washington dc here in america um, and see the streets all line up and yep. you can see the monuments and it's all just there. And it's true story. Kind of crazy, you know, yeah. and that's all true story. I didn't have to make any of that up. And so, yeah. and there's all kinds of little things like that, that I throw in that are some related to the great pyramid, some just related to other ancient sites. But the point is that the fascinating thing to me is that I, I, I can't, I can't deny the fact that I think all this stuff is related. 
I think it's pointing to a civilization that existed long before we're allowed to think civilizations existed. We keep, uh, you know, one of Graham Hancock's favorite phrases that he, he uses all the time on Twitter, especially, is stuff just keeps getting older. And uh, we've, we've seen all of those benchmarks, those outer limit marks um, of how old humanity's uh, existence is. We've seen those get shattered over and over again. Um, a lot of times, the, it, it's really interesting. The um, academic community does not want those changes. They do right. not want. They will. They will actively suppress that kind of information, um, and it's it's really shocking. But but sometimes things come along that just shatter those those limits, and there's no denying it. Like Gobe- Gobekli Tepe, um, which I may Gobleki have just butchered. Tepe. Yeah, <laughs> Gobekli Tepe, yeah. Uh, the 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 oldest known temple, uh, which dates back you know twelve thousand plus years. Um, yeah at a time when when uh humanity wasn't supposed to have the skills or knowledge to be able to build anything like that so that you know we keep digging and we keep finding that's why it is sort of heartbreaking that we can't explore the pyramids or the or that plateau in the way that we would like uh because who knows Uh, there are there are hints of these pyramids existing being ancient at the time of things that we think of as the outer limits of ancient. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that's they've why, gone yeah, back. If you were a civilization that needed to send a message to the future, that needed to send some kind of note to say we existed and, mm-hmm. and you, you would use tools like mathematics to send that language, but you would use um, stone to, to as the medium by which you transmitted that message because you right. you would know that that would last through time so it seems like that's what happened to me but that's <laughs> conspiracy theory stuff so well that's we're in the realm of conspiracy theories here on this show because it's all uh in our in our opinion stuff that's real but it's also cool so speaking of stuff that's real that's also cool kevin you're leaving out like who, half the title of the podcast well, you you're know, the, you're the cool. one who named the thing. I I love the name of the thing. I mean, <laughs> stuff that's cool, that stuff that's real, that also is stuff that's cool. Oh my god, stuff Stop. that's real that you didn't know was real, but also is cool. Podcast. There you go. You just want me to do that every time. Yes. Okay. Uh, so my my topic today is one you know uh, you know about um, because you did the music for the YouTube <laughs> uh, the podcast version of this thing. Which I think someday when I'm back on solid ground again, I think I'd like to get back to um, exp- get back to doing that show. In all our free time. In all our glorious free time. Um, glorious amounts of free time. A while back, I uh, read about first in a, in a book and then wrote about um, a man named Christopher Thomas Knight, or as he's become known, the North Pond Hermit. Um, I did a podcast episode on a show I was producing um that uh called the written world podcast uh there's only like three episodes because i uh moved (laughs) free time dried up (laughs) all that free time dried up but uh so this the story is uh christopher was a young man uh i forget how old and i think i have it in here somewhere but um he was uh, a young guy who decided one day he was just going to park his car um, near nor- the what they call North Pond in Maine, 
And he threw the keys on the uh, dash and walked into the woods and just disappeared for the next 27 years. Um, and what happened was he he decided, uh, so he's, he's in North Pond, Maine. What he decided to do was just divorce himself from humanity, basically. He, he walked away. And this is always, this sort of thing is always fascinating to me because, you know, there's always that secret part of you that says, oh, life sucks and you know, there's too many, there's too much BS happening in the world. I'd, I'd like to just walk off, you know, walk away from it all. Uh, this guy actually did it, and he, he managed to stay away from humanity for 27 years. Um, but what was interesting was he, it from the setup of this story, it sounds like he went, he wandered off into the woods and had to fight bears and beavers uh, to uh, to survive for those nearly thirty years. If you're going to uh, tell me he didn't do those things, then I'm going to be. I'm probably just going to have to hang he out. He may have. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if he ever had to fight off a beaver, but he he, he might have. Uh, but what I do know is that he spent those 27 years approximately 150 feet from a bunch of cabins and homes, uh, and at least one camp for uh, disabled kids uh, because that's how he survived. He actually would leave his little, he made himself a sort of nest. He ate disabled kids. He ate disabled kids. No, uh, we don't want to, we don't want to start rumors, but <laughs> what he did was he, he stole everything he needed to survive on a regular basis. So he stole a bunch of tents uh, as one part of this. He, he built uh, in his little patch of the woods. He was in this little patch of woods next to the North pond um, it's sort of a vacation area. It's like where a lot of people have like vacation cabins and things like that. So it doesn't have a heavy population year round. And the people who are there um, during whatever part of the year they come, they're only there for a month or two and then they, they leave again. And they don't tend to do things like go scouting through the woods. Um, they tend to be on the lake and they, they tend to enjoy um, some time in the water. So no one ever found this camp of his that he built. And he, um, he w one of the things he did was he built a base uh, for the camp using a bunch of National Geographic magazines. Like he just stacked them, hundreds, thousands of them, um, and and that made a good. It, it turns out National Geographic magazines, because of their glossy covers, mm -hmm. make for good <laughs> uh, flooring in the middle of damp woods. I can see that? I can yeah. see that. So and then he put tent. Uh, he made sort of a uh, compound of tents, like you know, camping tents. Um, and uh, he stole things like you know, space heaters, and he stole like a little battery powered TV. And you know, he just he stole a lot of booze and a lot of candy because um, he apparently had a sweet tooth. But so that's that's what he did to survive. Um, and the way he ended up getting busted was he was he would regularly break in they, he became sort of famous like a local legend no one knew for sure whether he was real they, right. they just, yeah that's what i was getting thinking yeah. about you know um as a kid if he's actually out there there was a police officer who did believe he was real a uh, detective on uh, the local police force and was determined to catch him because every uh every few months he would break into this this uh camp for disabled kids and just <laughs> steal food and anything else he could get his hands on um and you know that we know this is wrong but there's a certain aspect to this you know this was survival for this guy 
course yeah, I mean, I'm thinking in turn like today, 2021 society. I'm kind of thinking this is like an Airbnb option. Mm-hmm. I can probably market this thing and sell it. As I a think so. Experience, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, all this setup. How long ago do you think this happened? Oh, let's see. It's been a while since I've done the music for the podcast that you told me the answer <laughs> to. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I would say 40 years. So he was arrested in 2013. That's when they finally busted him. So this was a modern day tale of somebody going so off grid that for 27 years, nobody, um, nobody even knew he existed. And he's now currently he's living. Well, okay. I say currently as of the time, the book was published that I read about him called stranger in the woods. Um, uh, written by uh, Michael Fink, by the way, if you're if you're interested, um, he wa- uh, had been arrested. He did a little bit of time, but they basically released him into the custody of his brother, who gave him a job as a, I think as like a you know a hand in his mechanics shop or something like that. Um, but apparently, Christopher is completely miserable in this life. Like he just hates everything about it. He just wants to go back to his his secret hideaway. Of course, he'll never be able to go back there. Uh, They dismantled all that. They, if he ever disappeared, that's the first place they'd look. Uh, But I'm kind of thinking like, if I were, if I were this guy, um, since you know how to disappear, there would be absolutely nothing to stop you from picking up and doing this somewhere else. But for God's sake, choose someplace other than Maine. Yeah. I was (laughs) going to say those winters have to be a little brutal. That is uh, that is one of in the United States. That is one of the coldest regions of the United States uh, during the winter months. And imagine if he'd been out there uh, during this this uh, polar vortex thing, like he'd just be a block of ice. Yeah, he'd be and dead. Yeah, he, you know, admittedly, he said um, he, you know, there were winters where. He had a strict regimen. The way he survived during the winters was he would he would get up very early. Uh, like, you know, two in the morning, uh, two to four in the morning uh, and and stomp around in his campsite to keep his blood moving and everything, get himself warmed up because uh, he had um, he would have like a, a uh, gas powered, uh, like a propane powered um, space heater in his tent. But he had strict rules. He wouldn't he never used uh, campfires, never used a fire because he, he was afraid he someone would yeah. see it. Yeah. So, yeah. So really interesting. There's actual like security camera footage of him breaking into cabins and stuff. And a lot of the locals wouldn't report him. Like they, right. they would just let him take he whatever he wanted. People, right? He's not, they're not, he's not hurting people. He's kind of, right. you know, he's uh, uh carbon footprint has to be pretty low. So I mean, he's probably doing some favors to society at this point. And yeah. I think that's kind of the, the approach I would take is if, if I was sure he wasn't going to harm people, yeah, um, I might leave out a little goodie bag for him or something, you know. P- and and he, people did that. People would yeah. leave him uh, booze and food and all kinds of stuff. Um, Lots of microwave popcorn, you know, just just to rub yeah. it in. So yeah, <laughs> good luck. Um, so, and you know, he would like he he did things like he stole mattresses. Like just imagine, he would break into someone's house through th- someone's cabin through a window, steal a mattress off their bed and cart that thing out into the woods <laughs> yeah you think uh, it's gonna leave some some tracks if you've ever drug a 
queen size oh. mattress anywhere, it's going to probably leave some uh, some marks. So that was the other thing. Like he was, he had developed the skill of walking on the uh, the root bases of trees when there was heavy oh. snow. Like he was so paranoid. Like he kept himself completely hidden this whole time. So that's uh, so that I thought that. I, would I there? I got a whole uh, podcast, a YouTube video, a blog post, everything about this guy. Uh, there's a lot more to the story than what we've covered here, but you know, if you're interested, um, maybe we can share. The yeah, link. I found the book. Um, I'll share a link to "The Stranger in the Woods" by Michael Finkel. Um, it's uh, Massachusetts is where he was from. Uh, the Christopher Knight is yeah. from Massachusetts, and then uh, he was 20 years old, 1986. Yeah. Just imagine that though. Like he 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 just pulls up one day. And it's wild. Just tosses the keys to his car into the into the car and walks into the woods and never comes out again. I mean, what did his brother think was his family? You know, he- so there was if you read the book, there were a lot of like this was the sort of thing, not not the disappearing into the woods part, but that family was was somewhat estranged, even though they were still in the same household. They just everyone just minded their own business. So they didn't what, know he was missing. They didn't. They <laughs> knew he was missing, or they they knew he wasn't there. That's all they really yeah. knew, and it was his business where he was. And um, if you and if you know anything, probably, you know his character is probably that which you're like, you're not maybe not surprised if yeah. if he's able to do this for 27 years, you might not be surprised by it if you're his family, right? Right. And in that region of the United States, there is a real attitude of everybody just minds their own business that's true yeah that's true um so you know there was no question i mean you know basically it would it was kind of like you know if you knew a guy in high school and that guy uh decided to just drop out of society um you wouldn't necessarily go hunting for him right i mean you you it was just sort of a well that's 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 what he chose to do that's his business so yeah so as a fan and i love stories like this by the way and i love uh, 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 this kind of thing factors into a, a lot of my writing, uh, especially like the the whole the, that Alex Kane uh, Quake Runner series that I'm doing, where yeah, she's a yeah. fugitive. Um, I've I've read a lot about you know books like How to Disappear, and you know I've, I've read a lot about um, fugitive fugitives on the run, Catch Me If You Can, stuff like that. Uh, all that stuff is really fascinating to me because it's it's sort of the it represents this aspect of humanity that doesn't get talked about a lot, which is there are people who don't want community and don't, mm-hmm. don't want to be a part of what we think of as society. Um, and a lot of times they end up being criminals and outlaws, but sometimes they're just, you know, they're just people who just want to go their own way. Uh, um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Gilbert, who is famous for eat, pray, love. Um, one of her first books was called The Last American Man, I think. is It was either man or male. The Last American Man, I think. Um, about a guy who was kind of like uh, Christopher. He, he just didn't want to be a part of society. So, you know, he, he did things like, you know, he rode on horse. And this is another current uh, modern guy. He's out there right now. He, he's managed to buy some property so they can keep people from pestering him. But... You know, he did things like ride his horse across the country. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he he's uh, he developed a kind of freegan lifestyle. Like, you know, yeah. he hunts and that sort of thing. But if, if there's if he finds a dumpster filled with food, he's going to 
take all the food out of it. Um, so, you know, there's, there are people like that. Uh, uh, McCandless, Christopher McCandless with yeah. From, uh, oh, yeah. into the wild. Uh, you know, these, there's a, there's something about that. And I, I, I haven't spent the time to boil down the essence of it so that I can just, just coin a phrase for these kind of people. But, you know, they're, they're hermits in the traditional sense. Like they are outside of society. Um, don't want society to interfere with them and they just want to live their lives on their terms. And I, I think there's probably a lot more of them than we think. Like, I think the Unabomber was one of these guys, but they're not always writing manifestos and trying to blow people up. Sometimes they just want you to leave them the hell alone. (laughs) (laughs) Not always, not Not some manifestos and some blowing things up, but sometimes they're just people want to be left alone. (laughs) Exactly. So there we go. Well, okay, yeah, that's um, yeah, okay. I'm gonna link to that book. Uh, looks like Michael Finkel, the author, um, has come under uh, some scrutiny uh, in times past, which I won't get into. But uh, you know, like always, we're here talking about things that are interesting, and certainly uh, the author himself is an interesting person. It seems so. Go check that out. Go um, buy the book or read the book somehow. And, now uh, I have to look up Michael Finkel and find out what happened. I, I, I was trying to find it too. I just saw it. it was it was an Amazon review that led me to start googling it. I think he was just fired from uh, the Times or wherever he was working for um, you know journalistic uh, lack of integrity or something like that. I don't I don't know. So I don't know the true story. Um, but okay. he is still writing and still doing things. So I, I think it was you know one of these these Amazon reviews. Um, and this is all I'll say about it real quick is that um, I don't know that it, it think it it appears in the review that the person thinks Michael Finkel did not. Um, really interview Christopher Knight um, as much as kind of harass him for information um, and seems almost exploitative, I guess. Yeah. I haven't read the book, so maybe maybe you can, you know, I, agree. Or you know, that. Um, given... That he, that he may have been like an autistic or, uh, you know, kind of on the spectrum somewhere. And Well, and, he... The, so Christopher Knight himself is is adamant that he's that he's not, but... Okay. You know, who knows? Yeah. But um the but maybe he is and he doesn't even realize it or something, you know, but um I even in the the book, Finkel's book, um he's he he does sort of indicate that Christopher Knight essentially at some point stopped wanting to talk to him and didn't want the story out or didn't want mm. to be okay. He doesn't want people looking at him and approaching him as some sort of, you know, role model for this kind of lifestyle or yeah or anything like well, that he just wants to be left alone it's still a pretty pretty hot seller on amazon so yeah somebody's making some money from this thing so i, I highly that, recommend the book if you <laughs> if you have an interest in this that, stuff yeah. at all that it's a it's a quick read too i mean it, i i think i read it in just a couple of days but it was um one of those it, it is one of those sort of true story books i i'm seeing right now that some people think it may not be a true story but yeah, I mean, again, that's that's what I was talking about. Was it's just yeah. it's, one interesting story leads to thirty more interesting stories that yeah. I want to dig into now and research. But fair enough, we're not here. Uh, we're not here to to provide um, you know social commentary. We're just here to provide interesting news. Interesting. Uh, what What's I call it? News. It's just just <laughs> interesting. Not news. Yeah, that's the wrong word. Uh, things we learn in our research. That's, things that, that are interesting. Things you know, that, stuff that's things that's that are cool. stuff that's real <laughs> that you didn't, didn't know, know was real. real. But, but, also is, but cool. also is cool. Yeah. And with that, we should probably uh, probably wrap this one up. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, thanks for yeah, it was fun. That was cool. Thanks for for diving into that with us. I know I, I remembered that story from from way back when when you you first mentioned it, and um, yeah, that's that that is a fascinating one. I'm gonna have to dig into a little bit more. I have not well, thought now, about it since the last time we. Talked. Now we have to combine the Great Pyramids with um, the North Pond Hermit. Like, oh well, it'll be done <laughs> somehow. All the pyramids were built by Christopher Knight. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, okay, uh, if you've got a question or uh, want to correct something we've said on the show, um, or you know, just want to be nice and give us a nice shout, uh, head over to stuffthat'srealcom and we will gladly take your questions. Uh, if you've got something that you think is cool and real that you want us to cover, um, we will gladly take that as well. Um, we hope you're enjoying these, uh, but let us know. And uh, of course, we will be with you next time for another episode of. Stuff that's real that you didn't know was real, but also is cool podcast. How's that? <laughs> dot com. No, I, that's that's not the dot com. That's, stuff, that's that's real, stuff that's real. Stuff that's real. Stuff that's real. Dot com. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. peace, fellow humans. We will see you next time. Peace out. Stuff that's real. Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com slash str.